Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. All right, welcome into the podcast, everybody. Glad you could join us this week for On Your Way Out. Uh, this week, we have a guest and... Uh, her name's Abby Rotman. Hopefully, some of you have gotten to know her over the years here at Providence. Um, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about what we're going through in our series through Ezra and Nehemiah and something specific that we're going to be getting into a little bit this week. Um, so we're really happy that we could have you on, Abby. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought we'd maybe just start if you could share maybe just a little bit about who you are, however you want to do that. Um, maybe... Uh, what brought you to Providence and maybe where did you grow up? Um, just however you like to introduce yourself for those that maybe don't know you. Okay, sure. So um, my husband, Greg, um, and I have been going here for about 14 years. Um, I actually started coming here um, when he was um, serving in Iraq for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two kids at the time, and my sister-in-law and her family came here, and my father-in-law and mother-in-law, Bob and Marlene, who still go here, um, came at the time. And part of the reason that I came was just so that I could have support while he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <clears throat> When he came back, we were kind of considering um, switching churches anyway, and so we continued to come here. Hmm. Um, God has given us a couple more kids, so we now have five children, ages 20 down to nine, Hmm. um, and um, have really enjoyed being here. Um, I am a nurse. Um, I've been a nurse for about 25 years, um, and I grew up on the mission field, uh, Hmm. West Africa, um, and I'll kind of go into a little bit about that um, part of my story later on and what I have to share today. And do you work at a hospital um, in Holland? Um, actually, I am in between jobs right okay, now. Gotcha. Um, I just finished grad school a, a month ago. Oh, wow. Um, Congrats. And it, that's, thanks. That's part of my story as well. That's awesome. Um, and I'm kind of waiting on what God has for me next. Cool. And I've gotten to know Allison a little bit, your daughter, who was actually on the podcast uh, last time. And... So she's been singing with the middle school team, and so I've been working with the, the middle schoolers a little bit um, over the last couple of years, and just re- I've always just really appreciated her heart and her heart for God, even at like you know the younger age that she is. I think she has a real genuine passion and love for Jesus, and it really shines through. So it's been I would really agree cool. with that, and I loved your. Um superhero talent and hers was supersonic singing and I'm like oh yeah that totally describes that her I don't know how you would use it but yeah. yes she would that's what I love would. about it. I was like I don't know what that is but it, that makes sense that it would be hers yep so <laughs> that's so funny yeah so well what we wanted to get into a little bit is we, we specifically were asking that that Abby would join us this week because in the story that we're going to be talking through this Sunday as Toby's continuing to preach through Ezra and Nehemiah is as the people are kind of kind of settling back into you know Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple and kind of bringing people back to um, what they were called to before um, before they were exiled, is that there's a, a passage where it says that they are being called to fast, and we see this through Scripture um, many different times, and maybe you can shed a little bit of light on this, Abby, too. But um, we were even talking before um, we started the podcast that we, we read about fasting often, in, especially in the, in the Old Testament, um, all these different times where people have fasted and have been seeking the Lord's will through that. 
And we don't always know what to do with that necessarily. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's a part of kind of contemporary Christian culture that we're always fasting. It seems like more right. of a kind of a rare uh, specific thing. Um, but you're somebody that um, has really found a lot of um, meaning in fasting. And so um, what we were saying is like, what has God done through you that we can, I guess, glean a little bit from in terms of what that can be for us as God's people? Um, so maybe a good place to start would be, as you've kind of read through the Bible and read through some of these stories, how have you read about fasting and what has God kind of shown to you, even just in reading scripture about um, his people fasting and what that's done um, through even the, the story of God um, in scripture? Sure. Um, some of the things that I, I actually took some notes today, so I'd remember to say some awesome. of the things I wanted to say yeah. um, is for one of the first things that I noticed is that it seemed to be a regular part of the Jews story. Um, mm. It's something that was often paired with true repentance um, and it was usually paired with prayer. Mm. Um, it often prepared those who were fasting for a time of intense spiritual oppression or ministry. Um, mm. If you think about Jesus and when he fasted in the wilderness, um, God was preparing him for three years of um, intense uh, ministry and persecution. Um, and also um, what I've found is that it seems like it powerfully helps to break down some strongholds of sin. Mm. Um, so those are some of the things that I... I see yeah. in scripture. Was there a specific um, time or, or a moment when you felt like God was calling you to fast? And what was that experience like kind of hearing that from him? Um, to be honest with you, one of the very first times that I started fasting, I knew like, you know, I knew this stuff in the scripture and I thought, well, hey, that sounds like a good thing to do. It sounds like something God is telling um, Christians to do. And by the way, I can lose some weight while I'm doing right. it as well. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll just try this for a day or two and see how it goes. And it really didn't go very well. Hmm. <laughs> fasting is, is, in a sense, not for the faint of heart. Yeah. And um, I just, I felt really awful. And not only did I feel awful physically, I felt really awful. Um, I just felt guilt. Because hmm. I was like, my whole purpose was, you know, can I take a couple pounds off? And um, so it, it was a while after that experience before I started fasting again, because I didn't want it to be about that. Yeah. Um, and so actually, I've been fasting on and off for probably about 15 years. But hmm. what started me kind of really doing it in the last five or six years was a book that was actually here in the library um, that I took home and I read. And it was a church that I think is um, based in Atlanta, and they start their year um, with kind of like, you know, most people start with New Year's resolution, but they start with a three-week fast, hmm. anybody who cares to participate. Um, and it varies as to how they do it. And I thought, you know, I want to start my year that way. Yeah. Um, but I knew I couldn't just jump into three weeks. And so I kind of started started doing some short fasts um, and asking God to do some specific things in my life. And and really, um, most of the time that I fasted, it, it, it starts with asking God to change me and mm -hmm. to show me where I have sin in my life um, yeah. so that I can, you know, repent of that. And that's such a different starting point than what you did the first time, right? Exactly. That, that desire to ask God to reveal you know, and to convict you of things maybe, or to, or to mm -hmm. remove things from your life. Um, that's, that's different than trying to have some like added benefit because you've done kind of like this, this practice so that, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like losing weight or something like that. And it's not to say that fasting maybe necessarily wouldn't even do that anyway. Um, 
But I think your heart was in a different place with that. And, the, and when you read through scripture, when people have fasted, it is in those times where like they are asking God to move, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a part of almost their prayer life and their spiritual walk with the Lord. It mm-hmm. kind of all comes together, right? Um, what would you say for people that maybe have never fasted before? What is the experience like for you and, and the first times that you you fasted? Maybe maybe that first time you fasted um, where you felt like your heart was in that right place. Um, how did you kind of maneuver through that? And what was the experience like even on a physical level and on a spiritual level? Um, what did you experience like in that time, the first time you did it? Um, I would say, you know, what, when I started fasting, I would set a specific period of time because it made it a little bit easier for me mm-hmm. um, because then you have like that goal in mind. And especially if you're experiencing some of those physical, you know, symptoms that go along with it, it's like, okay, I only have a few more hours and I can, right, I yeah. can hang in there that long. Um, I think probably like in the beginning, like the, the longest fast that I did was like three days. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it's hard, especially that middle day mm-hmm. um, is, you know, you're feeling kind of like, kind of tired and kind of like headachey and kind of like dizzy and mm-hmm. like your thoughts are just not all there. Um, and from a spiritual level too, you know, anytime you step out in faith and are being obedient to God, Satan oftentimes sits up and says, hmm, got to keep an eye on that yeah. one over there. You yeah. know, I mean, if you're just sitting around and not really doing anything for God or not doing much, I don't think Satan really cares. He's like, but, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, don't need to do much there. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But I think that when you step out in obedience, you know, he doesn't want you to continue to obey. Mm-hmm. So you put a target on your back. And I said that to Allison, actually, after her podcast a couple hmm. weeks ago. The morning had gone great and there was some less than stellar behavior in the evening. And I said, Hmm. you know, you've put a target on your back now because you're stepping out in faith. Um, And so Satan is going to, you know, come and see what he can do to to disrupt you. And I found Mm -hmm. that with fasting that that regularly happens. Yeah. And I was going to say, I I imagine that it's in those times where you do feel maybe attacked spiritually, physically, that um, I, I guess it's hard to see... I feel like in, in my mind, I would come to this place of like, is this really worth it, I guess? like, Or is anything really going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where that that part of your faith, is, that's what makes our relationship with God so, um, so tangible sometimes is that we really do have to trust even when we don't see or when we don't want to or when we don't feel it, you know? And um, what have you, what have you, because obviously you've continued fasting. So there's been, you've, you've, you've seen kind of the, the, the beauty of it, and you've seen God work in that. Um, what has what has happened that has made you kind of see really the purpose for it and why it's in Scripture in your own life, and that you've continued to do it for the last you know fifteen years? You said so. Sure. Um, yeah. What has that been? I guess you know, and I kind of said this to you before the podcast too. You know, I want to share a few specific examples of how God has worked in my life, but yeah. I want to have that caveat that I'm a sinner, you know. Yeah. And so I share these stories just to encourage others, not because I'm you know super spiritual or anything like right, that. Right. Um, but I think probably one of the one of the first ones that really spoke to me and allowed me to continue to fast was one that I did. Um, it was probably five or six years ago. And it was just, it was a three-day fast. Um, To be honest with you, I don't even remember what I was Hmm. praying for at the time. Um, And I found that sometimes, too, like I I will start to fast and I'll think I'm going to be praying about a specific thing and God actually leads me Hmm. in a different direction. Or when I get done fasting, God shows up and does something that I'm like, 
how did that happen? Yeah. Um, and so in this particular time, you know, the, the fast had gone okay. And I was within, I had set my time to end at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And within the last few hours before the fast, there just was really a lot of spiritual oppression. Mm-hmm. My husband was working nights and he was gone. My kids were fighting. We were trying to get through the supper hour and they were just egging each other on. Um, in fact, my husband had brought them an ice cream cake for them to have for dessert, and they were so naughty that I didn't give them any. <laughs> I had to put them to bed early without the ice cream cake, um, and we had our devotions, but it was just not a very spiritual time. Yeah. And um, one of my children um, climbed into bed and put the covers over her head and whatever and wouldn't even pray. Um, but my four-year-old at the time, um, I prayed with her. And we weren't even talking about sin or anything. Hmm. And she just out of the blue felt like she needed to accept Jesus as her savior. Hmm. And I was like, God, had I not fasted and prayed, and I wasn't even praying for her, had I not been obedient, I would have missed that. Hmm. And I was like, okay, apparently you show up. (laughs) And I was able to look back on those few hours and be like, that is why things were going wrong at home. Mm. And I had a conversation with my mom the next day and she said, you know, about that same time I was having some spiritual oppression as well. God was prompting me to pray for the four-year-old for her salvation. And Satan was doing everything he could to distract me and to keep me from doing that. And I was like, wow. So that, that was one experience. Wow. Um, another one was, again, similar timing. Um, my son, was, uh, who's now a senior um, in high school, um, was in middle school. And he and my husband um, just were not getting along. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like he needed a godly man, especially my husband, in his life. And um, I was just not seeing that, and I was really discouraged. Um, And I started to pray and I said, you know, God, I'd like you to work on this relationship. And I, I I encouraged them to, you know, to go away for on a hike or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they did it and it went okay. Um, And Mm -hmm. while they were gone, I fasted. And I thought, you know what, every time, and I committed to God, every time they're gone, I'm going to fast and pray for their relationship. And they started to go hiking regularly and go canoeing. And I started to see God working in their lives and drawing them closer together. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. And to see where we're at five or six years later, you know, this past fall, we pulled our son out of out of school and he and my husband went hiking on the Appalachian Trail together. Mm-hmm. And they're planning a trip once things um, open up with COVID to go hiking or camping or whatever, traveling in Europe. And I'm like, that never would have happened had God not prompted wow. me to fast and pray for their relationship. Yeah. But I think probably the most... Um, <coughs> The one that's most impactful for me personally um, was six years ago this month, actually. Um, I I decided that I was going to start the year with that three-week fast. Mm -hmm. And I was praying specifically for God to just release some strongholds in my own life and um, to work in our family. Um, I got done with a three-week fast, and out of the blue, I sensed God saying, you need to sell your house. Mm -hmm. And... um, at that time, we were living in a, an old 100-year-old house in the country. We had some acreage. We were homeschooling our kids. We had some animals. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pond. And we had always talked about that we would you know, raise our kids there and raise our grandkids there. Mm-hmm. And it was 
I said to God, are you sure? <laughs> and so I continued to pray. I brought it up to my husband. He said, I don't feel that way. And I was like, okay, good. I'm off the hook. <laughs> and God continued to move in me. And in a very miraculous way, God just changed my husband's heart. Uh-huh. And God sold our house by owner without any advertising for more money than we ever would have asked for it so that we could, you know, give some away and um, moved us into a house in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. which wasn't something we really would have wanted. But my nine-year-old son plays with two Indian boys who are unsaved. He plays with two Hispanic boys who are unsaved and God is working there. And mm-hmm. we were able to go debt-free. Um, and because of that, I mentioned earlier that I'm a nurse. Um, I grew up on the mission field and I always wanted to do missions. And 30 years ago, when my parents moved back from West Africa, I thought that that was where God was calling me. And he didn't, at least not right away. I worked as a nurse for years. And once we moved to this house, um, God called me back to school. And I was able to go to grad school and become a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal is to get a little bit of experience and then to do some missions. And I can see that directly. Had we not sold our house, um, we wouldn't have been able to you know, afford for me to go back to school. Um, mm-hmm. And the internet at our old house was really sketchy, and I really needed it for my classes. So I can see, you know, back five or six years ago where God was already working yeah. to prepare for where we're at now. Wow. So the, a common, I guess, thread that I, I kind of am hearing through that is sort of as you're fasting, even even that very first time when you're, you know, hoping to maybe lose some weight, is that we have kind of our expectations or maybe our ideas of what we feel like our plans for our life is, where, where we feel like God is going to move if we pray for this. And in this time, these times that you've been fasting, God has kind of like flipped that script a little bit and said, they like, it's almost like because you are doing this, like because you are sacrificing a little bit and pursuing me, I'm going to reveal something that you did not see, you know, whether that's um, your salvation for your daughter or selling your house. That's crazy. I mean, that's such a crazy decision. And I don't think that's something that many of us would attribute to. Um, like a, a spiritual decision necessarily, you know, it's such a, it's, there's so many practical things that go into that. And yet like that became like, we're already seeing maybe spiritual fruit that has come out of you deciding to do that. I'm curious when, when you were fasting in that time, what did that feel like? And, and how did you feel God speak to you that you needed to do that? And cause that to me, cause there's so many things that kind of fly around in our head, you know, and it's hard. Sometimes it, it is hard to discern what the voice of the Lord is. What what made you really just know that this is, and maybe you didn't know it initially, but what kind of led you to really believe that this is something that God was calling you to do? I think that particular time I was like, God, this has nothing to do with what I've been praying yeah. about. And so one of the things I found is I don't want to quick jump and assume that what I think is God saying something is really it. And so I prayed about it for a couple of weeks before I even brought it up to my yeah. husband. 
And like I said before, you know, I brought it up to him and he said no. And I was like, hey, yay, I don't really want to do this anyway. Um, But I just continued to sense that in my spirit. Mm -hmm. And actually around that time, Sue Prince shared Mm. um, something about where they had had some property and they had wanted to build a house and God had prompted them to sell and they never got their dream house. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I feel like oftentimes what God does is he brings little, either other people saying something similar or it can be a line in a song, or it can be a scripture verse that I'm reading or something like that. And it is, if I hear the same theme continuing to show up, then I'm much more likely to sit up and listen. Yeah. So, you know, for that, um, with selling our house, when my husband said no, I just didn't sense that that was the end. Mm-hmm. And so I continued to pray about it. And actually, um, it was within a couple of months I sensed God asking me, what do you want me to do for you? And I've heard, you know, he said that to, you know, um, I think it was a leper or a, um, a blind man. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want you to, you know, help my children, you know, love each other. I want to grow stronger in my faith and whatever. But I just kept sensing that God was like, that's not really what I'm after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess if I want you to sell my house, I want you to do these things. And I've, to be honest with you, the story of Gideon has become one of my favorite stories Mm. in the Bible. And anytime I'm discouraged, I go back and I read it because Gideon put out a fleece multiple times and God didn't get mad at him. God showed up Mm -hmm. and God, you know, said, okay, I can do that. And that's what I found in my life. So when I sensed God saying, to sell my house, I was like, well, first of all, you got to change my husband's heart. Right. Secondly, you got to make my kids okay with moving because I knew that they would be devastated. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, I'm, you know, I've got five kids. I'm homeschooling. I'm already overwhelmed. I can't, you know, get my house in order and try and do open houses and stuff and that kind of thing. Right. You're going to have to do this. Right. So I specifically said, I want you to bring us a buyer without us having to ever, ever advertise. And that's exactly what God did. Um, and I, I wanted to be able to donate a portion of the of the sale to a specific cause and i said god i want you to do that and as god started to i started to see him doing these little things it encouraged me to continue praying and there were many times i was looking back through my journals there were many times where i was crying and i was like god this is not what i want but i know it's what you want and so I'm going to continue to pray for this mm-hmm. because it's your will. Yeah. But you're going to just have to help me continue to pray for it. Um, so I think wow. that that, as I've seen him answer in little ways, and actually I was one of the things that was kind of funny was before my husband said he was okay with us selling, I went to my two older kids and I said, guys, dad and I are not in agreement on this, but I'm going to let you in on something. We're going to be moving (laughs) and I want you to start praying about it. And I want you to pray that if this is really God's will, that God will change, you know, your dad's heart. And of course they weren't thrilled about that, but that allowed them some time to adjust to the idea. Um, During that time um, we had to refinance our house and somebody had to come out and look at the house to see what the value was. And so my husband started cleaning up the yard and doing all these projects and whatever. And I wrote in my journal, God, this is so funny. My husband has no idea that the reason he's cleaning up is because you're going to sell this house. He thinks it's just to refinance. And within a couple of months, my husband was like, yep, I think this is the right thing. In fact, I'm so convinced of it. I'm willing to take on two mortgages if that's what's necessary in order to sell it. 
Wow. So what was that process like for him? Have you talked to him? Like what was going through in, in his spiritual journey and in, in all of this? Cause so he, cause he wasn't fasting uh, right. as you were. Um, I can imagine that being very difficult to feel like, you know, my spouse who is going through this process is really being convicted of this, that I do not feel the same way. Um, and, and yet somehow God brought that same revelation to him, but a little bit different timing. Do, have you, do you know anything about like what that was like for him? Cause I can imagine that being very difficult. I think you'd have to have him on the podcast yeah, to ask probably, him. <laughs> probably. Um, you know, I don't know. One of the things yeah. I'm learning about as a wife is so often I think God is saying something to me and I need to keep helping God out, you know? And so mm. in the beginning, I think I was, I would keep talking about it with my husband and I think he got kind of mad because he was not feeling that way. And so I remember one time where I shared with him that this was really what I felt like God wanted. And he said, I just don't feel that way. He said, I don't think that I'll ever get there. I, this is where I want to raise our kids. It's where I want to raise our grandkids. Mm. And I remember we were in a restaurant and we drove home and I was just crying. Mm. And he's like, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. And I said, you didn't. What's hurt my feelings is the fact that I am so strongly convinced that this is what God has for us. How did I go wrong mm. in not hearing God's voice? Mm. And it was, it was after that that I started realizing I didn't really need to help God out. I needed to just give my husband time and pray about it. Mm -hmm. And so I asked several people to pray. And I said, you know, like with my kids, I said, I, I feel like this is what God is going to do. God's not done anything to make it happen yet. The first thing that has to happen is my husband's heart has to change. I'd like you to pray for that change. Mm -hmm. So I think for him, it was just time. Yeah. I don't think God gave him a specific revelation sure, necessarily, sure. kind of like I felt like he did with yeah, me. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's so that's so fascinating, and I think for for a lot of us, because fasting is kind of a foreign concept. Maybe it is encouraging to hear that. I think the same kinds of things that we experience in our in our spiritual lives. It's not it's not that it's I don't know. It's not something it's this crazy thing that's going to totally whack things out of control necessarily. It might be. It might like in this case. But, really? Right, but. <laughs> But um, I think it's cool that in, in, in that process, it was fasting. It's almost like that set up the foundation for you to really intensively pray and for you to really intensively, you know, communicate with God and to have those conversations with your kids and have those conversations with your husband. It wasn't that, you know, fasting necessarily, you know, is the thing that did that. It probably wouldn't have happened had you not fasted, but it gave you kind of the the foundation and, and that time where you were really seeking the Lord's will. And that's where I guess I feel like I'm hearing in my own experience. And I, I have, you know, to be honest, I have not fasted for a long period of time. And it's hard to say why, but I think what maybe draws me, what makes me feel weird about it sometimes is that, um, it's kind of like what I said before is like, man, is, is God really going to do something in this or am I just like wasting my time? And I think what's helpful for me to hear is that in that, in that time where you were fasting and, and God basically told you, you're going to sell your house. Right. Um, he did that through you. He did that through your husband. He did that through other people in your life. You were praying and, we're, we kind of when we especially I think when we fast together we are just seeking the Lord and it's not about maybe the specific thing that you're fasting for or praying for in that moment like you said it's just about like 
surrendering yourself before God and asking that God would do something. And I think it's sort of just that intentional space where you're saying, you know what, I need you, God. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give up food. I'm gonna or maybe you're fasting from something else. I'm gonna give this thing up that maybe is a hindrance, um, but maybe it's not. And maybe it's just saying like I'm just taking this practical step to say I want to hear your voice. And it's not. It's I think it's so cool that it's, it's part of God's story and that we get to be a part of it today, because it's very clear that it's it's when we come before Him. It's not when we have strength. It's not when we have our plans all figured out. It's when we come before him and say, I'm just going to give this up and ask you to speak to me, that he does something like that. Um, well, and can I say something? Yeah. You know, I, The stories that I've shared today, I picked just because they were pretty amazing sure. stories. But there have been times where I've felt God calling me to fast, and I've seen nothing different at the hmm. end. Hmm. Um, I remember one of the first times that I fasted, I actually, I was talking to a coworker and she and her husband, she had just discovered that he had a, an addiction to um, narcotics hmm. and they'd been married. I mean, this has been going on for like 10 or 12 years. And I sensed God saying, you need to go and fast and pray about that. And I did. Hmm. And I saw no difference. Hmm. And I was like, God, why did you have me do that? I had some patients that were really tough because I was working three days in a row hmm. and it was really hard. And I saw God show up and kind of carry me through physically, yeah. but I didn't see any change in her marriage. And I've, mm. I've seen that a couple of other times too, where I've prayed and I've, God's from seemingly done nothing, right. but the purpose maybe is for him to work in me, totally. to be obedient. If he's asking me to pray and fast, then I need to do it regardless of whether I see an amazing result or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of um, a phrase that was brought up in... in a previous series that we did of just um, success is obedience. Um, our definition of success and our definition of what is a good outcome is often very different from God's because we don't have that perspective. And so for us, our, our role in the work of God, a lot of times is just to be obedient in what he's called us to do. And we may not see the thing that we were hoping for, the thing that we were expecting, um, but that is still worth it, you know, to, to, right. to be in the will of the Lord when he's calling you to do that. Um and the other thing is that who knows what actually God did in that time that we never even saw, you know? Exactly. Um, what would be maybe, I guess, advice or what would you say to someone who is maybe going to fast for the first time? Um, what are some things to just to be praying for in that? And what, what's, how can we help our posture in that and spiritually um, and all these things that we've talked about? Um, maybe just like what would be your perspective on someone who's maybe going to try it and doesn't have a lot of experience with it? Sure. Um, how to fast, basically. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I had read in the book that kind of encouraged me with fasting was that there's never a good time. Hmm. And I, I would agree with that. You know, what I'm finding currently is when God, when I'm sensing God saying, you know, I want you to fast, a lot of times I'm like, God, really? <laughs> I yeah. can't do this right yeah. now. It's hard. Exactly. Um, and just being willing to say, okay, you know, I'm going to step out in faith. I know that it's it's not going to be easy. Rather than wait and say, well, maybe I'll do it next week or whatever, I'm going to start now. Yeah. Um, some people, I haven't done this, but some people will pick a specific day. You know, I'm going to fast once a week and it's going to be a Monday. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to fast once a month 
you know, that's another way to do it. Um, the way that I started, you know, my goal was to get to a longer fast and to start the year that way. Um, so I started with some shorter fasts and I set a specific time. So I'm going to start at this time. I'm going to end at this time. And that made it easier for me, especially when I was, you know, feeling physically, you know, either nauseous or headache or dizzy Mm -hmm. or whatever. I was like, okay, just a few more hours and then I'll be done. Um, and especially what I've noticed is as the spiritual oppression sometimes ramps up sometimes it makes it easier to be like okay i'm gonna be done with this pretty soon um let me see what else did i write down Hmm. um i feel like you know i don't feel like any of us as christians are off the hook with fasting Hmm. um i feel like it is a mandate from god Hmm. um and even people who have physical disabilities um or have to have a specific diet you know you can give something up um ideally from what I see in scripture, it's a food. Um, I don't mm-hmm. see, you know, people in scripture giving up their iPhone or their whatever, but I know some people do that because that's something that keeps mm-hmm. them from really connecting with God. Yeah. But I feel like most of us can make some kind of a change and it doesn't have to be like a huge long thing. Yeah. I've fasted anywhere from a day to eight weeks. And I've also fasted, you know, just drinking water to doing what, what Daniel did, where mm-hmm. you're eating fruits and vegetables and legumes and, you know, you still feel like you have some energy. The point is to be giving something up right. and you're reminded of that pretty regularly when you're fasting and people are sitting down and having cake and ice cream and you're not. <laughs> you're reminded, God, I care more about being obedient to you. I care more about you doing this in my life or this that I'm praying for, whatever it is, than I care about that cake, but I'll enjoy it when I'm done. You know, so I, I feel like, you know, we all can do that. Um, Physically, I will say um, it can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was saying to you before, I've found that probably the shorter fasts, less than a week, in some ways are a little bit more challenging than a longer one Mm -hmm. um, because there are a lot of physical symptoms that can go along with it. So I would say if you can, try to plan it at a time where you don't have as many um, demands on your time or your energy. Um, If that's not possible... Um, there have been times where I've had to like cut out my exercise for a couple of weeks or I've mm. had to, you know, go down and take a nap or something like that. And I feel like that's a sacrifice of worship to God as well. Right. You know, realizing that I, maybe I really feel like I need to exercise, but I'm not going to. I can't because I'm fasting and God will honor mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that one thing that's unique about food um, is that it it kind of is a part of a lot of different things in our life. Kind of like you said, like. I think the probably the hardest thing for me about fasting is kind of the social aspect of it where you end up in situations maybe people are going out to get a drink after something or you know you're just eating dinner with people or people invite you for dinner and you have to sort of make that decision that I'm going to I'm going to choose to stick with this even though um, it feels almost socially uncomfortable to do so. Have you ever did you experience anything like that as you were going through it? Yeah, definitely. In fact, um I'm trying to remember if it was that first long fast or not, but there was one fast that I did that was longer where there were actually two funerals during that time. And so you had the, you know, the meal that people had after the, the funeral. And because I am private about my fasting, I, 
it's kind of, you know, how do you like have a cup of coffee or whatever yeah. or, or a glass of water while everybody's eating? And so you kind of have to be a little bit creative. Hmm. And sometimes I have to just pray and say, okay, God, you're going to have to work this out right. because I'm choosing to be obedient. Please don't let anybody ask me questions. Yeah. Or if they do, let it come across in a way that glorifies you rather than it's about me and mm -hmm. me not eating. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried with my family for a while. I tried to be kind of sneaky about it so they wouldn't know and I just mm. wouldn't come to the table, but that doesn't always work real well either. So if <laughs> for a while I could get away with yeah. it, especially when they were younger, but yeah. now they'll see like me heating up a cup of, wa of hot water or whatever, <laughs> or they'll see that I buy certain like juices or whatever. And they'll mm. be like, are you fasting mom? And, and I kind of am to the point now where I'm like, yes, I am. I'm praying mm -hmm. for something specific. Yeah. And so it's not as much of a barrier as it was in the mm. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's cool. And I'm excited to um, kind of go on this journey a little bit with our, our staff. So if you were a part of worship on Sunday, you heard Toby kind of talk about that. As a staff, we're going to start fasting on, on these days, actually, when we're recording on Tuesdays. Um, and I'm excited for it. Even just hearing your stories, Abby, is giving me, I think, a renewed energy about it. And um, I don't know. And, and to be honest, I haven't even thought really thoroughly about what it is that I want to be in prayer about during this time. Um, that's something I'm going to keep, keep thinking about and praying about. And yet I, I, there's something about it that I'm already getting a sense that it is of the Lord. And even just hearing, you know, I, I love things in our faith that have transcended time. Um, things that God has been doing for ages and ages, you know, um, and sometimes those things can become kind of rote, I guess, depending on what it is. And we kind of lose, it can just, we feel like it's old or we feel like it's not, um, I don't know, it's not relevant today. And yet um, something like this, I think, is such a practical way if we are really serious about pursuing the Lord and pursuing what he has for us as a community and even as individuals too. Um, this is a very powerful way to seek the Lord and like I said, I haven't done it extensively to this point in my life. And um, we're kind of inviting you onto the journey as well. So I don't think we're we're expecting our whole Providence family too fast necessarily. Um, but if you're feeling like an urge, I've always noticed that sometimes we feel like God is pushing us in a direction and like you said, that's right where the enemy comes in. Is like, no, you're not really feeling that. That's you don't really need to do that, or the, it's not the right time, right? Like you said, it's never the right time. It's never going to be the perfect time to do it. Um, but if you're feeling that urge, I encourage you, um, maybe pray about it, talk about it with somebody, or maybe keep it private. Um, but I would encourage people and, and invite you on to the journey that we're going to go on a little bit as a staff. And what is God going to do in that time? Um, I, I'd be lying to tell you that I, that we know that, um, it might be something completely different. He might be leading us somewhere that we don't expect, but, um, if we're, if we're serious about taking that posture of surrendering before the Lord and asking him to move in our lives and asking him to move in our church, um, let's do that. And let's do that intentionally through this practice. Cause, um, yeah, it's, 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 it is a perfect example of sacrificing. We've talked a lot about denying ourselves in, in light of what God has for us and not what our flesh kind of desires. And what a perfect example of that, of saying, I'm going to give something up as, you know, biologically important to our bodies as food and saying, um, I'm going to surrender that to God and, and ask him to, to do, to do something in my life. Um, and, and really just 
be in the will of the Lord and ask him, um, what do you have for me in this time? So thank you so much for sharing that story, Abby, and a few of those stories. That's, that is encouraging. Um, would you mind praying for us before we leave? Sure. Father God, you call us to obedience in so many different ways. Um, and sometimes it's easier to not do what you're asking. Um, and especially if we're nervous or worried, um, and fasting can be kind of scary for some people. Um, and yet we know that you do reward us when we step out in obedience. And so we ask that if there are people today who are thinking about it, um, and are contemplating doing it, I pray that they will say yes to you, Mm -hmm. um, and that they will start with asking for repentance in their, in their own lives, that you will, um, point out things that you want to change in them, Mm -hmm. um, and that you will work powerfully, um, in our church to further your kingdom. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you for joining us again this week on On Your Way Out. I just wanted to make a quick note that we are moving to an every other week uh, schedule in case you didn't uh, know that at this point. So um, uh, every other week on Sundays, we'll be releasing a new episode. Um, So just be tuning in for that and be expecting that on every other Sunday. And have a great week. We'll see you next time. Mm